What's up, everybody? This is Judith A. Cope. You're listening to Mad Love. What's good? Listen, I I know that I haven't been my most optimistic self uh, in 2022 in terms of giving you uh, cheerful observations. You know, uh, <laughs> there's been so little to be cheery about uh, when it comes to this dementia thing, you know, and I, I don't know that my mom slept that great last night. But I certainly wasn't about to walk in there and disturb her and see. Oh, because she was, she, I looked at my phone. I woke up to go to the bathroom. I look at my phone and I see that she's called me. I've been asleep for hours at this point. And I'm like, this is not good. So I tried to ignore it, but then I was like, oh. So I go in there. She's put all her clothes back on and, and she's just ready for the day. And I'm like, Dude, it's midnight. You gotta, you gotta go back to bed. You gotta go back to bed. So finally, she puts her pajamas back on, and she goes back into her room. And I don't know what happened from there because I actually had to go to sleep. I need sleep. And this is just so. I think part of my lack of optimism, if if you all are perceiving that, is because it's just being clouded by all of the strange behavior and sleep deprivation and you know I feel bad for her because I know she hates all of this too like this is not what she would have wanted for herself but she also didn't do anything to prepare for it in case it happened then she did nothing to excuse me Um, I can't believe I'm yawning I have been up and didn't yawn once and then it's like you guys are my sedative it's my happy place i'm relaxed with you all i have to think the yawning is uh is a good thing you know like when when a baby doesn't cry when you're holding them like the cry baby who cries with everybody but you so anyway you all are my safe space but yeah, I do want to be more optimistic. And so here's an opt- optimistic point I want to make. Um, I think right now we might be in one of the worst times in movie history. Not so much just the box office, but the quality of the films. So the superhero movie now is sort of what um, the big you know, musical, old Hollywood, is it was called, uh, era, you know, where these big Busby Berkeley productions, that went on, I'm going to guess, I'm not a, I'm not a huge film historian before the 70s, but for those 20 years, when the, when the studios not only owned, um, Movies. They owned actors. They signed them to these extensive deals, and they would just pump out these movies with them. Um, that old studio system sort of died an ugly death in the '60s, and uh, from its ashes came uh, the sort of auteur, director-driven uh, cinema. And it didn't have a lot of money. People had moved on. Like, we thought, you know, we got the best out of it. it it's dead now. And so you got this huge crop of uh, new filmmakers who weren't part of the studio system, 
who didn't want to make these giant, bloated uh, studio productions. You know, you got Brian De Palma and Martin Scorsese and um, Francis Ford Coppola and uh, Terrence Malick and, um, you know, that that ilk. And Steven Spielberg was in it, in that group, but they thought of him as shiny studio material because he had such an in with Universal and he made movies that made money. But uh, by the time he became a, like, he created basically the blockbuster. Those $100 million movies began with Steven Spielberg. But when you watch his story, um, there's just something sweet about the, the way he tells stories that connected with a lot of people that so happened to make a lot of money. He was not setting out to make money. He's very much one of these auteurs. I feel like I'm missing one of my favorites. I said Scorsese. I said De Palma. I said Francis Ford Coppola. Uh, Steven Spielberg, that that group sort of uh, came in and revolutionized cinema because it was in ruins. Like, no one wanted to watch those big bloated um, musicals and uh, old fat studio flicks. You know, they were just boring. And I, I really don't watch a lot of movies before the 70s uh, because I like... Uh, I grew up on that era of film. I understood it more. And those were the directors that made me want to be a film director. So um, right now we're in that same, you know, we're stuck with these bloated ass, super ass, superhero movies, (laughs) super ass, superhero movies, which I just, you know, again, the first Batman, fine. The one with the Prince soundtrack. Even the dark one where uh, Heath Ledger wound up killing himself afterwards. Like, even one of those, okay. But come on, like, every time you turn around, they just think these these um, superhero movies are going to just save everything. And now studios are really stuck. They're trapped. Because if they don't make their money back on these giant films that they've spent huge budgets on, yeah, they're really going to be crippled. And so, therefore, there's just less and less room for, you know, an Apocalypse Now or um, anything small. Anything, well, Apocalypse Now wasn't small. But you know what I mean? Anything that has like an indie bent. Like right now, that would be like an indie movie. Because studios don't want to touch it unless it's going to do $200 million in America and a billion around the world. And so, that creates an opportunity. I'm saying all that to say there is an opportunity. And for all the people out here who always complain about there's not enough roles or representation for insert whatever group you want to put at the end of that sentence. For all of those people who feel like they're not included, this is your chance to be included. Now, you're not going to get some giant check to get going. Okay, you're not going to get that. But what you will have is an opportunity to exploit the dearth of um, variety in our cinema right now. And what the 70s didn't have is streaming. So now you can uh, you can create content 
for your own network. You can be your own YouTube channel and be successful if you want. You can be your own. Uh, there's another platform I just saw that you can basically be your own streamer. Um, those are, of course, the hardest way because you not only got to be a creative person, but then you got to drive traffic and, you know, be really entrepreneurial about it. But it exists. And so now there's an opportunity for story to come back. I'm I'm really tired of watching these big bloated. I keep calling them bloated because that's what they are. It's like and it's manipulation. They're not trying to give you high quality entertainment. They're trying to uh, make a lot of money off of you because they know you love Thor and they know you love um, Spider-Man and they know you love Batman and now the Joker. And it's like, this stuff is grim. Some of those, those dark comics, like the Batman and the Joker, like that stuff is so dark. I can't even watch it. I'm like, is this really bringing value into this world we're in right now where you got wars and school shooters and mass killings and all kinds of terrible news all the time? It's like, I'm not sure this is what I want to see. And I'm not saying everything's got to be sanitized. Nothing I work on right now doesn't include violence. Um, That's where we are, you know, and my story is very much about where we are and where we can go if we apply ourselves. Um, But I I think it should be instructive. I don't think it should just be like gratuitous. So like an example of that would be in the 80s. And if you're young, you don't know this, but in the 80s, almost every movie had a gratuitous sex scene. And by gratuitous, I mean it didn't forward the story, okay? Uh, anything that it doesn't advance the narrative of the, of the film is gratuitous. So all of a sudden in, a, in an 80s movie, you'd be watching a plot, and then the saxophone music would come on, and then people would start having sex. It absolutely made zero sense. Some movies were like, in fact, some movies just were like, forget the rest of the plot. We're just going to only do gratuitous sex. That's my saxophone sound. And it was like all the saxophone music and a crackling fire, the girl's breasts. Then the guy kisses her and then they just start humping. (laughs) I don't know how else to say it. So for all of our um, concern about how buck wild things are now, what's weird is in the 70s and 80s, it was so much more blatant, you know? I'm telling you, almost every female actress in the 80s had to show her chest at some point. It's just gratuitous boob shot. Um, what's his name? Stanley Kubrick was known for that. Eyes wide shut. Girls dead on a slab. They open the uh, drawer that she's supposed to be dead on. Boobs are jiggling. She's not really dead, I guess. Very strange. I He's probably in that group, but he's not one of my favorite directors. So anyway, I think there's an opportunity here to start making really, really good movies. And I personally look forward to benefiting from that. You know, I'm going to really try to put my work out there more. And see what happens next year. I got to pay for this extended care somehow. And why not? I'm very good at this. I, you know, I'm not, uh, I'm not prone to bragging, but one thing I do know how to do is write a good screenplay. I get great feedback all the time. Uh, 
you know, it's just finding the right partners, finding the, the money and and being able to take a deal that I can I can live with. I don't want to sell anything out and be working with people that I can't stand who can't stand me to try to get a movie made. You know what I mean? Excuse me. See, I'm so comfortable. Yeah, I don't understand. I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that. I don't understand how people just, you know, like all these rappers you hear about, they get so desperate and scared. They just sign with anybody. Yeah, no thanks. Um, But yeah, I think there's an opportunity. And with you all support, we can build something great. And uh, anybody who wants to sponsor this podcast, uh, keep listening to this podcast and spreading it and sharing it. And we'll document and, and chronicle everything here. Um, so, yeah, I'm looking forward to next year. It's going to be a good year. I really feel that. I had a really good sound, sound solid year this year, except for the dementia. I mean, if we could take the dementia piece of it, but also I can't do that because part of what made me a better human being this year was the caregiving, to be quite honest with you. I know I've grown because I could not have done this if I hadn't. You know, this is hard. This is taking everything out of me. And I just will not let it take my life. It sounds dramatic, but you could, I can see a path to where people lose their shit being a caregiver. And just like, that's it. That's my life. It's over. So anyway, I do think it's a great opportunity to make some good movies. That's my my big point today. And to create some really cool art. I think uh, streaming is only going to get better because they have been giving us the stuff the studios won't put in a movie theater. And so eventually these people are going to get the clue like, you know, we need to clean out our whole theatrical department because shit ain't working like it was. You know, a lot of people got fed off of these superhero movies. And now, you know, people just need some substance. And they're going to Netflix and they're going to uh, some of these streamers with these original movies. Hulu has a a great documentary department. Um, Yeah, you got uh, HBO still. HBO is still in the game. I've been watching HBO for 40 years. Fantastic. You know, um, so they're going to figure it out. And the only people that stand to benefit from that is y'all, is us. So the audience. So I look forward to that. I actually do. Um, yeah, we're winding down to Christmas. It's going to be weird. Uh, seriously, half of my family, even my extended family, have left or don't live here. So I'm looking forward to like th- maybe the smallest Christmas party I've ever been a part of. Um, hoping to be able to get a brunch in with some friends. Uh not buying a lot of gifts, probably not getting a lot of gifts. Um, I'm grateful to be alive, though, and I'm grateful for surviving what has probably been the hardest year of my life, without question. And I thank you guys for being a part of that as well. You've helped me uh, stay strong through this journey. You've uplifted me. You've um, the people who listen, who know me, you know, you guys have reached out and, and I appreciate the support. I really do. Um, If you've listened this far, I love you more than anything. Thank you so much. Please be your best and we'll meet back here soon. I might have to take some time off at the end of the week. I don't see me podcasting this week or next week, but they can't keep me from you. You never know. 
All right, everybody, be your best. Have a great day.